Hello, I'm Peter Gilmore, and you're listening to the Crest of the Wave podcast from RYA, Northern Ireland. In this episode, I'll be chatting with Marty Ansfield. Simply put, Marty is a Northern Irish sailing legend. After being discharged from the army, he suffered from PTSD, but found his solace in sailability. Today, although he requires 24-hour oxygen and is waiting on a double lung transplant, he continues to inspire those around him as the chief instructor at Locker and Yacht Club. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Marty, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Um, you're a true legend of Northern Irish sailing. Firstly, just how are things? Uh, things aren't that good. Uh, I just got out of hospital there last Monday after having heart failure and uh, severe a lung infection again. But I'm out about the day again, promoting sailability and uh, trying to spread the word people to get out and enjoy themselves. Uh, years ago, I had uh, I got discharged from the army after 37 years. Uh, I got discharged because I had a heart attack. And then after that, I suffered with PTSD, which made me realise that there's more to life than actually working and soldiering. And uh, there's a lot of people that need the help and to be sort of dragged into sports, which is good for their mind and mental well-being. I mean, you, you touched on it there, that things aren't that good. I think that's probably an understatement. Your heart failure just there was one of three in the last year and you're on 24-hour oxygen with your pulmonary fibrosis but yet you're still the chief instructor at Lockman Yacht Club and in June you did a 24-hour sale for sailability and pulmonary fibrosis Northern Ireland raising eight and a half thousand pounds for the two charities. I'm not a man who's usually lost for a word <laughs> um, but the question has got to be asked, what does make Marty Ansfield tick? Uh, the thing that makes me tick is, number one, I enjoy the sport. I've sailed uh, years ago just as for leisure and around the country. And then uh, I got a chance to open a centre in Castle Archdale near Enniskillen. And then I just went from low qualifications up to uh, advanced paraboat senior sailing. PwC and first aid instructor, uh, which I deliver at Locker and Yacht Club. After I got involved with Locker and Yacht Club, I actually got asked if I wanted to become a part of a team of three, and my wife, she's my other half, so it makes four of us, and uh, just to up sailability, which I thought was great because I could do things at my own pace, uh, delivering like a mental health programme because people are coming uh, down the October, getting chilled out, learning a sport and skill. And then uh, last year, it's like you said there, I'd done a 24-hour sail. It was a hairy experience. Myself and Jenny went out for about two months before it, selling tickets around band parades around the country, just to get uh, money boosted up. And I was actually shocked when I got the fi- uh, final total of 8500 uh, But what I got out of it too, was I met some lovely genuine people. We went to one band parade and a man gave me £500 donation 
because his father actually his father suffered with polymyfibrosis and he wanted to support me. Uh, after the 24-hour sail, well, on the 24-hour sail, sorry, uh, the winds were very hairy. 33 yeah, miles. Harry, uh, just, just before you, you underplay anything, Harry, describe Harry for what it actually was, Marty. Oh, well, Harry was the winds were above my limit for the boats I was using at the start. 33 mile an hour winds. I think that's that's more than what I would describe as Harry. That's the sort of weather I would say I'm going to tuck myself up by the fire and go, no thank you, sir. But <laughs> <laughs> the things with sailing, as you know yourself, if you book something and like an event like that, if you have, like I had a party booked the night I came in, there was 150 people there to welcome me back. There's about 60 seeing me off on the sail. And it was so emotional, it was, it was lovely. Uh, after the draw, I came back in. First thing we offered was a nice double glass of whiskey, <laughs> which was very welcomed. And uh, then we done a draw and a raffle and an auction. And it was a brilliant night. And people keep saying to me, what do you do next? I said, possibly a 36 hour. <laughs> you just keep up it and up in it. I mean, it strikes me that a lot of the things I asked you earlier, what makes Marty Ansfield tick, a lot of it is the, the mental health and, and community benefits which come with sailability. Is, is that fair? That is very fair, yeah. Like, I see so many people who have been stuck in houses, some with PTSD, not only ex-military, people after trauma, uh, accidents and stuff, and they think there's no future to life. Like, I know uh, that when I, I had my last operation, I was in hospital for a month, and they took half my stomach away, and uh, I came out and didn't know if I was going to walk, talk, or do what again. But just this opportunity came up for sailability, and I stepped forward, and it's helped me as well as other people. You've, you've discussed a lot in the past about how much sailability has helped you with your PTSD after you left the army, you served 37 years. And I'm lucky to say that I've never experienced PTSD and a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably also in the same position as me. They have never experienced PTSD. I'm conscious that, you know, I, I don't want to provoke and, and prod old wounds, but for those people like myself who have never experienced PTSD, what what is PTSD like? Well, P, uh, basically, PTSD is like a form of depression, and like the man says, when you fall into a dark hole, you can't see the light out of it, and you just basically don't know what uh, to expect. Sometimes, if you're out and about, and you hear, for example, like a car backfire, you might think it's a bomb or a shot going off, and it makes you hypertension again, and then you sort of go up and then go down, uh, try to bring yourself down again. And it is a very awkward thing to uh, diagnose. And in my view, yeah, there's not enough help out there for uh, people with mental health problems. Yeah. And were you doing things like waking up in the middle of the night? Oh, I, I forget the last time I had a good night's sleep. I get about three hours sleep a night if I'm lucky. Uh, number one is sometimes we flashbacks. And other times it's because I'm on uh, polyfibrosis. I wear a bipad, which is a full face mask, and it is very uncomfortable. 
but you try to leave on as long as you can and get through the night. But on a more positive note, post leaving the, the military, when did you discover sailability and how much of an impact did that have on you? Well, the sailability actually started off um, myself and my wife taking the ocean one day of going to Carrick Fergus and um, with Help the Heroes for sailability one day. And when I was up there, I got chatting to people and said, well, look, I've got these qualifications. I'm just about ready to go back into the sport again. You know, is there any way I can help or do? So someone put me in the direction of uh, Mr. Bob Harper, MBE. He got recognised this year for sailability. Many people listening to this podcast, I'm sure, will know Bob. Oh, everyone very well. Bob. So uh, Bob asked me to come for a meeting in Nanoskillen. We all met up myself, two directors from Lockhearn, two from Sligo and two from Moore across the border. And we basically, from that day, set up and got going and uh, it was brilliant. It was the best thing I ever done. Was it like a, like a switch in terms of your journey with PTSD? It was a big help, a very, very big help because I was out interacting with people more. Uh, I wasn't just locking myself away at home. I had things to do and I know that if I wasn't there, other people wouldn't benefit from it because obviously when you're doing sailing and stuff, you need qualifications to cover you for an umbrella. Obviously, PTSD is one of those things which, you know, by definition is for people who've been through trauma, but you've worked closely with people with other mental health problems. Can you describe some of the other positive impacts it's had on their lives? Well, there's other people that we work with is people who have autism and uh, other sort of diseases like that. And we actually have uh, two families that travel a mile and a half, uh, an hour and a half from Sligo up to Enniskillen every Tuesday to participate in uh, sailability. That speaks volumes in itself. If you're traveling an hour and a half for anything. That's each way. Yeah. You know, so uh, and we still keep in touch. Even though we finish in the winter months, they still keep in touch with us by uh, text or phone calls to Jenny and myself. And it's just a lovely big family circle, like. And the thing I like about the Yacht Club too, is if I'm running any sort of event, like last year, we were going to run the President's Cup, and it was cancelled because of the expense of travelling down to Cork, and so all the clubs all agreed to pull out, and we decided then we'd have two, three races up in Northern Ireland here. So I was the first one, I said, look, on the 14th, 15th of July, for example, we'll hold a wee regatta here. So I sent an email out to the foil sailability, Belfast Lock, and I told our directors. And I stuck a, let, a note on the board saying, volunteers required uh, sailability gather. And I'd say within half an hour, I had 20 names for safety boat, ODs and other people to assist me. It's just such a, a rewarding world. People have got a lot of respect for me down there. I don't know why I like, but they just seem to like my attitude, up and go and push for it. You say, I don't know why. Are you aware of just how much of an inspiration you are to people? Because you're an inspiration to me, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who you're an inspiration to. Well, I think a lot of people find uh, inspiration through me is because of my attitude uh, to the sailing and people, and also because I'm an auction. And people sort of say, well, if he can do it in auction, I can do it. And it sort of gives them an extra reason. 
breaks that wee barrier where oh, he's not expecting me to do it. You know, yeah, you literally tow your boat in your electric wheelchair down to the water's edge uh-huh. and it, it, it just does present the question, okay, what's my excuse? If you show a positive side of your own uh, ambitions, uh, it does reflect on other people. And uh, I got actually mothers of kids who come to disability are actually out now on the safety boat with Jerry, uh, helping out, rigging boats, de-rigging boats. Could my health going down that wee bit more? I'm not fit to do it, but the whole family's mucking, and it is class. Now, I was at uh, an RAA Connected event at the beginning of November, and you gave a talk on sailability, which, if I'm honest, kind of debunked a lot of the myths I had around sailability. You know, before the talk, I sort of had this conception in my head that sailability was just sailing, but for people in wheelchairs. That's not really the case, is it? No. A lot of people uh, only look at uh, sailability and disability is with people that have no limbs or minus limbs and a lot of people don't realise that there's a lot of hidden disabilities like my own primary fibrosis, somebody else might have depression, other people might have uh, something else wrong which affects their thing that I call them uh, the hidden disabilities. So somebody pulls up a car, uh, car park, puts up the blue disc, hops out and walks away. People say, well, why has he got a pass? They don't know what's wrong that guy, because he looks normal. Yeah. But this is the thing that a lot of clubs ask, what is a disability? Or how do you define it? I'll tell you the truth, we don't ask that question. People come down to us and if we can see the limbs or got pains, we know it. But if they've got mental problems, we don't ask what is wrong with you. We say, how are you? He's so welcome. He's coming out for a try. Come join in. And can able-bodied people do sailability as well? Yes, it's nothing stopping any person. It's more designed for disabled people because the boats are specially designed. Uh, we use the Hansa 303, which is unsinkable. Uh, and... Believe me, I've tried to capitalise it, and I've also put bets Give me on. a go, Marty, I reckon I could have a good crack. <laughs> I, I guarantee you not. I actually had uh, teenagers on a sailing course, and I offered a £10 note and said, any man can capitalise that boat, sitting down in the proper sailing position, I would give him £10. Because what boat did you do your 24-hour sail in? You did that in actually several boats, am I right in saying? That's correct, yeah. I actually started off in the Hansa 303, which is basically a two-man boat, and that's what I was just explaining about, it can't capsize. And then, because the conditions were that to be stronger, uh, the director said to me, Marty, I think we're on the limit here. Do you mind if we upgrade your boats? And I said, look guys, I'm a senior instructor. If I can't take advice from yous, what's the point of me being here? Yeah. So I ended up going in the Yeoman, which is like a four-man sailing boat. Then I went into a J24, which is a bigger boat again. And then I went into a bigger boat again, which is more like a ocean going boat for the final stint uh, to get the thing succeeded. But we had a wee drop of wind about five o'clock in the morning and the Commodore of the club and one of my veteran friends actually brought a reef out uh, to the water. And it was the morning of the first, which is uh, going over the top of World War One, And we uh, set a reef afloat out in the water and had a wee ceremony there. 
and supported my uh, 24 hour thing. So it was nice to get the veterans involved. Uh, there's not enough advertisement in the veteran server, in my opinion, because everyone's looking after their own affairs. So it needs to be promoted more for veterans and other people too. Yeah, and, and the service service they're given to, you know, the, the society we live in today, really. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's amazing me thinking back to, to that 24-hour sail because, you know, I, I've done a bit of ocean sailing in, in my life and sailing through the night, I just know how much it absolutely knackers you. But by the same token, you've spoken about with your pulmonary fibrosis and you've had three heart failures this year. You've spoken about how you have to take it easy. Just how tired were you come the end of that 24-hour sale? Actually, I was very fresh myself. Uh, I think because I was in the hamster, because you're sitting down, you're not moving around like you would be in a yeoman enterprise or any uh, two-man boat. But the lack of sleep, Marty. Maybe I'm just being weak, but well, I, <laughs> I was absolutely knackered after one day at sea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only get three hours sleep a night anyway, so yeah, uh, that is the reason I started my 24-hour uh, at 6 o'clock at night. I need a good eight hours. Until 6 o'clock <laughs> before me. I need a good eight hours and 14 hours of makeup for, for me to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I I didn't even think about this thing. Oh, I think this year was goals, and I'm going to achieve it. Yes, that was all I thought of it. Mm. I will do it. And like as I said before, if it wasn't for the yacht club members and the committee and helpers like Jenny and my wife, it would never have happened. The volunteer service was just there, there, there. We'll do this for you. We'll do that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and that's all it took. Now, sailability has come a long way in Northern Ireland it was kind of integrated into Northern Ireland around the beginning of the millennium but we want to take it an awful lot further you're a man who's about as close as you can get to sailability in Northern Ireland what are the steps do you think we need to take going forward well <laughs> on that one strange you ask that question because we're actually uh, in touch with Rathlin Island who wants to start up a sailability centre and there's somebody else in Port Rush area who wants to do it as well. So myself and Ken Corey, who's the sailability coordinator for Northern Ireland, meet up now and again and we go and give people advice and help and just a way to push it on. We're there to support other people who want to venture into that. Like that Connect 23 that we went to, I was very surprised that the number of people didn't realise that it was actually part of the ROA scheme, where there's actually a syllabus that they can follow gain qualifications and better their own mental health. Mm. So it's good, uh, more more promotion and the RYA and other organisations helping out getting the centre started. Yeah, and it'll be a big part of, of what we're, we're doing going forward throughout 2024, because um, I suppose it's part of navigating the future, our, our five-year strategy is it's promoting diversity within the sport. There'll be you know, a lot of um, sailability events throughout the year, so it's making people aware of, of those. And if you're listening to this and, and are keen to get involved, and um, just get in touch, really, I suppose, would, would be yeah. would be my messaging. Um, yeah, would, would you be on board with that? Oh, definitely. Well, I'm willing to help anybody. I actually recruited a nurse last week, a male nurse when I was in hospital. Got choking, uh, joking chatting him, as I do, and he said, oh, what's the badge? So I told him. He said, oh, 
I have three kids, one disabled. Have you? I said, give me your number, I'll be touchy. And he's coming down for a trial day with us shortly. Brilliant. Also today, no sorry, yesterday, I actually met up with Manor and Omar District Council and they've got a surplus money. So they're employing us to run like a public course, couple of uh, suck and see days to see the like it for saleability and they're going to pay for it and get people involved. So the council's feeling more as well, which is nice to see. Marty, this isn't a word which I throw around lightly, but you're an absolute inspiration. It's been a pleasure chatting to you today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Crest of the Wave podcast. If you've been affected by any of the discussion points around mental health, please check out the link in the description for some helpful resources. From me and the rest of the team at RYA Northern Ireland, we wish you all the best and I look forward to being back soon on the Crest of the Wave podcast.